copies over there. They are $15.95, 16 bucks. Um, but if you are tech savvy and you like reading off your Kindle, or if you have the Kindle app, you can actually download it for like 14 bucks. So those are choices for you. You can use this along with our summer series, which Jay is going to start this week, right? Awesome. Okay, so a couple other things. In the back of your chair seat, you're going to have an envelope. That is for our tithes and our offerings. And you can place those in those baskets at the corner of the platform. Also, there is a card in there that says Connect Card. It is so we can connect with you um, with events that are happening, um, Andy loves to send out things, let you know what our series are going to look like or like these books, and you can pre-order things. But it's also a way for you to connect with us as well. But on the other side of that is a prayer request card. We are a praying church. We believe in prayer. We love it. Our prayer ministry prays all over every single one of those cards. So if you know someone who needs, needs prayer or you need prayer, please don't hesitate to write that down and put those also in that basket. We ask you to hang five with us. So if you're new to our church, give us five Sundays. And if God speaks to your heart that this is where you belong for your home, we are so um, excited. Um, but we do ask you to hang five with us for five Sundays just to see what God says to you. So let's all stand up and we are going to worship our God this morning. And I think that was it. i 
your holy name. We thank you, Father God, for our breaths and our and our lives, so that we can breathe this air, we can come in this building and worship you unashamed, unafraid. I thank you for that, Father God. I thank you for our country that we are able to do this in the cover of light in a beautiful morning. We thank you for the rain that fell yesterday, Father, how we needed it so desperately. You know what we need, especially when we need it. It might not be our time, but it is yours. And Father God, I pray for every family member in here today, because we all are family. We are your children. And I pray for them today, for whoever walked in here today, Father, having the weight of the world on their shoulders. Things going on, they just out of their control. I, I pray that they feel you in a tangible way. Holy Spirit, fill this place. Let them feel you in a way they have never felt you before. Like a father wrapping his arms around his children and saying, son, daughter, it's okay, I got you. I got this. Relax, breathe. Daddy's here. Because daddy will never leave us. And he is the Alpha, the Omega, the creator of heaven and earth. He is the beginning and the end, and he's got everything in his hands. That's our dad. And oh, how we love you. So leave it at his feet. And walk away from it and don't pick it back up, because he's got it trusted him I pray for them I pray for those that just want a refreshing of you Lord fill them fill them to a refreshing so they can go out this door and spread your word and spread your love and be that reflection of you to be that community that we go out we share the gospel most of all we just share your love we love them relentlessly and I pray all this in Jesus' precious name
the breath of life. And that he's reviving you from head to toe. He's giving you the breath of life to break through any, any stronghold that you feel enchained by. see you this time. I had some hard time last week. Can you hear me? Yes, Barely. All right, I need to be louder, I guess. At this time, I want to call all kids. And I'm not biting today, so come on up. Let's see who we have. 
Gideon. Gideon's here. Liam is here. JP. All right. Seth. All right. Well, welcome, guys. Oh, I see someone else hiding there. Good morning. It's good to see you. All right. I like your smile. Good deal. Well, Jesus said at one time, let the kids come to me. Some of his disciples were out there, thought they were uh, bothering Jesus, but he said, let them be. Why are you bothering them? Let them come to me. Let them be around. And Jesus blesses those kids. And we want to pray with our kids as well this morning as they go to their uh, Sunday school activities and learning and having a lot of fun. Pray also for, for the teacher who happens to be Andy this morning. All right, you guys ready? All right. Well, dear God, we thank you for the kids that you've sent us this morning. Thank you for this little bunch. Thank you for your love, your care. We pray, Lord, that uh, you be with them now as they go and learn and have fun. We pray for their teacher, for patience and wisdom and a lot more patience. And we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. And Hannah has something to announce as well this morning. Okay, how is everybody this morning? Good. Good. Got a wish here? Wish here? Long week? I know I had one. It's okay. Okay. Every year, Renovation Kids do a fundraiser with M&Ms and send the money to organizations which help share God's love with kids around the world. This year, we want to raise money for Esperanza, Children of the Promise. Raul and Kimmy are pouring God's love into the kids in Costa Rica. They get kids involved in sports, arts, and crafts and teach them about Jesus. We'd like to ask you to support our efforts by filling the M&M plastic tubes, which are free, with coins or dollars and bringing them back to the church. Thank you for helping us have this opportunity to reach kids for Christ. Okay, so folks, here's the deal. How many of you like M&M's? Raise your hand. Come on. I know you're undercover. Those of you who are not raising your hand. So there's actual M&M's inside. So eat all the M&M's and fill these with some cash. You can also put a check. It fits. Actually, larger checks fit better. Uh, you can actually use it for cash. Even a few hundreds will fit here. So we're going to have those distributed. And uh, you start bringing those as soon as they're filled. They're not very big, so I'm hoping next week we're going to start getting some of those back. And I know you're going to work very hard on this, okay? All right. Do we pass these around right now? Yeah. Do you guys want to go around and help pass them? Would you guys help? Thank you. And I'll use this time to introduce our uh, special guest this morning, uh, Jay Elkins. Did I say that right? That's a pretty straightforward name. Tried to do mine. Um, but he's with us. He's uh, coming to us from Seacoast Vineyard, our sister church in Myrtle Beach. He is Connections Pastor there. So I'm hoping we're going to connect uh, as well here. And uh, he we have the privilege of having him uh, 
speak to us this morning. And we welcome him with a warm welcome, of course. Now, that's not very warm. Uh, that's getting warmer now. Thank well, you, guys. Good morning. Am I on? Good morning. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks for the kind introductions. Get myself together here. I um, have a few more props than normal because we are going through a series this morning. Um, a little bit about myself. Um, I have a beautiful bride, Amy, who came and joined me this morning. We have been together 14 years, married 14 years, and um, we have a son who is 12 and a daughter who is eight. And so we keep our house pretty busy, um, especially now that school is out and everybody's wanting to get into everything and think mom and dad are a taxi cab. So we are, um, we, sorry, as Shana had shared earlier, we are starting a series today of the good and beautiful community. Um, I would suggest you grab a book or find a way to download it or something because all the sermon series for the summer is going to come based out of this book. You can always grab it Re, um, read, get back into it at any point during your week, and it's a recap. So my message today is coming heavily out of chapter two from the good and beautiful community. At the age of 15, I started pushing a lawnmower to make some money because I really wanted a car. And I didn't have a family that could just buy me a car. So they said, if you can get a car, we'll help with the insurance. You put the gas in it, you pay for it. I said, all right, well, at least, the, you know, we got a plan. So I started pushing a lot more. And I was in the grunt work where we would be in the little fields or whatever, and uh, the grass would be knee high, and they wouldn't put the good lawnmowers on that. You know, you have the old ones, the little ones, and I'm pushing. And I would push over fire ant hills and step in them, following and that kind of stuff, and I'd be at the cooler trying to rinse them off. And so I was doing all the grunt labor. But that summer... Worked, gained $900, and bought this beater of a Honda. It was brown. It was a beater car, but it got me places. And so the other thing that came out of that time is that I grew a passion for landscaping. And I grew a desire and a passion to see stuff grow. And um, so this at home, in our yard currently, we've been there two years, and as you know, it doesn't just come together. A yard just doesn't look really beautiful and great in a matter of a couple days, right? It takes time. So we've been building a mature landscape at our home. Well, recently, about a year ago, I guess, we put in elephant ears, right? Yeah, pretty common plant, right? And if you're not familiar, I, it's pretty sickly and droopy at this point, but I plucked one of the really small ones that wouldn't affect the plant too much, but the ones that we have now that are on this same plant are somewhere around this size, right? They're the mammoth ones. And so we had a spot that was shaded, and we didn't want it just to be bare. So we said, you know, we'd plant something there. Well, in the process of figuring out where we were going to plant those, we said, you know, we have lots of options because the people before us did nothing in the yard. So there's places you could plant anywhere. So we were thinking, okay, the front yard, there's a big bare spot there. That'd be great. We could have some green growing. But then when we realized, wait a minute, it gets too much sun, and it, I'd be watering it all the time, right? And then so we got to thinking, okay, there's a spot in the backyard, but wait, the dog 
does his business there all the time. So that's never going to work. If you've tried to grow grass where a dog does their business, that never works. So eventually we said, you know what? We've got this spot that where the air condition drains. And it's far enough off the air condition unit that there's always water. Always water. So we dropped that bulb in the ground, started out like this, now doubled, and the leaves are like this. Green as anything, because it was planted in the right place. So as we are getting into this, in the launch of the series, I'm saying, let's make sure we are spiritually planted in the right place so that our leaves don't look like this, but they look like this where we are rooted in a place that we can survive when it gets hot, when life isn't real easy, when it seems as if it's not going my way or how I thought God was going to do it. Does that sound all right? Does it sound like something we could get into? So let's do it. So Colossians 1, verses 3 through 6. Paul is writing to the people of Colossae, Colossae. I'm not from there. I don't know how they say it. But um, he's writing to the people, and he says, We always thank God, the Father, I'm in 1 Colossians 1, 3 through 6. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints. The faith and love that springs from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel, that has come to you all over the world. This gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing among us since the day you heard it and understood God's grace and all its truth. So, Let's think about sometimes where we might place our roots for our fulfillment, for our joy. A lot of times people might say, hmm, if I could get this exact career, if I could move to being CEO, that would be so fulfilling. If I could get a man or a woman to reciprocate love for me, that would be fulfilling. If I could have a family with beautiful children, that would be fulfilling. The problem with all of those things where we try to plant ourselves sometimes is that they all change. They're all temporary. A career closes, a family grows up, someone passes away. There's a closing. It's always temporary. But there's one place that is eternal and does not change and does not fade, and that's in the gospel. When Paul is saying to them in verse 5, the faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you've already heard about it in the word of truth, the gospel. Well, the gospel is the good news that Jesus came that we no longer have to be what we were, right? So there are four elements to the gospel that we're going to consider putting our roots in today. Three of them I've considered over the years consistently, but there's one even as I was studying and reading in the book, I was like, wait, 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 that's good. 
That's a good one. And um, so hopefully you guys will find some um, places this morning to find hope, encouragement. When things don't seem to be going how we thought they would, right? When we just don't get it, when it's not working out like we thought it would, there's one place we know we can always be rooted. First part of the gospel is that Christ died, right? Okay, so in Christ's death, whether you know Jesus, whether you're exploring the idea, or whether you walked in the door this morning and don't have any idea who Jesus is, Christ died for you, right? Okay, and an amen or something is wonderful. Oh, thank you. All right, you heard me. You heard me. Okay, so Christ died for you. We participate in Christ's death for any of us who believe. What does that mean? What does it mean that we participate in the death of Christ? It means that the old us is put to death. Anybody got anything in your past that you wish really wasn't there? You're not too proud of? You know, you got some things, right? Well, the good news of the gospel is that Jesus died to free you from that bondage. He died to free you from being a slave to that thing that's in your past or whatever you're currently wrestling with. He died to free you from that. So we can participate in Christ's death in knowing that we aren't stuck. We aren't trapped people. We aren't people that have to live in bondage. Isn't that good news? Right? So we don't have to be a people who walks and is just a victim of our circumstance. Right? So we can know the death of Christ and we can participate because we can have the assurance that the old us is put to death. Part two of the gospel that we are going to attempt to look at today, we are rooted in the resurrection of Christ. What does that mean? Well, okay, Christ, for anybody who's here, Christ died for us because he loves us so much. But then he not only died three days later, rose from the dead. And the very power that rose Christ from the dead is offered to you as well through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we aren't people who are trapped and stuck in our circumstances. We're free of that. But then we're also a people that have been gifted with the Holy Spirit to empower us to be overcomers, right? You see where this hope is coming from? It's that we don't have to be just going with the flow. We are participant in the death, but then we are also participating in the life, the power, the very power that rose Christ from the grave is ours, We are also rooted, and hold on, this is number three, rooted in the ascension of Christ. This is the one I hadn't really considered all that much. Because, you know, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is the components that, you know, brought us salvation and the opportunity for new life. 
But I hadn't really considered too much about the ascension of Christ. What in the world would that mean, and why is that so stinking important? Well, the beautiful thing about the ascension of Christ is when Christ left, he didn't just say, peace, I'll see you. You know, he said, he said, I'm going to go take my place on the throne. The work has been done. It is finished. And I'm going to go sit on the throne. And what that means that Christ is sitting on the throne is that he is the only one that has the authority to judge. So, yet again, hope, people. You have the opportunity to be free from bondage, to live with power, and to be free of any judgment that was due to you because of the old you. See, here's the thing about that judgment seat that Christ sits on before his return, is that he's taken back any opportunity for anybody else to pass judgment. We have an enemy. We do. Satan seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. He's he's real. The judgment that he would pass on you would say that you don't have any freedom. You don't have the power to overcome. And you don't have freedom from those consequences. And so no matter what you do, I'm going to hold you where you've always been. Anybody ever felt like you've been held in a place that you didn't want to be? held a victim. The power of the judgment seat that Christ sits on says, I hold the authority. He says to you today, he says, I hold the authority to pass the final judgment. It isn't about anybody. And guess what? I'm the one that went to the cross because I love you so much. You see this? So it's not that we have somebody who's sitting on a throne that's going to just pass judgment, but he says, I love you so much, I died for you. So the judgment, if you will just love me in return, is good. If you will just return to me as I came for you, the judgment that you'll receive is good. Because I hold that authority. Nobody else holds that authority over you. The ascension of Christ when he went to take his seat on the throne. Consider it a part of the gospel. Four, we are rooted in the return of Christ. Okay, so the return of Christ is that thing so many times that we think, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But what is so beautiful about this is that we have been freed if we believe in Christ. We've been empowered to live. But there's something in the vineyard movement that we call the already and the not yet, right? We have this tension. So as I'm sharing with you, you're probably thinking, yeah, Jay, that's great. That's beautiful. But you don't know my story. You don't know who I am. You don't know my struggles. You don't know me. Well, you're fighting in the tension is what it is. It's the already and the not yet. It's the already of the gospel is that Christ has made, a, has made the act that freed you in his death. The already that he empowers you, right? 
So you are living in the already, but the not yet is that we still experience this world. There's injustice, right? I mean, we could go right out here, walk two, three miles, just chatting and talking, and at some point we would probably experience something that we know is not in accordance with the gospel, right? That's the not yet, because it's not finished. The power and the authority has been given, but God's still working out the gospel. He still longs for more people to come to know him. He still longs for the gospel to spread into places that it is not yet. So the already and the not yet will one day be past, and it will all be the already. And we will sit in communion with our Jesus and our Father as he always intended it to be. Right? That's the, that's the already and the not yet. We are experiencing the already, but the tension of the not yet hurts. It's not fun. It's so interesting because people look at um, folks who minister as, oh, their life is perfect. <laughs> if you only knew, if you only knew the tensions, my wife laughs, because if you only knew the tensions in the home, if you only knew the tensions of siblings, adult siblings that make crazy choices, and if you only knew the tension of the nieces and nephews that have made really bad, Amy and I sit and we try to walk in the already, but we know that it is still working out in the lives of those around us, right? The not yet. I think... Um, one of the pieces that I was considering as I was sharing is recently I was looking at um, Christ was saying um, in the Passover in Luke 22, right before his death. He was saying, I have eagerly waited to celebrate this Passover with you. Christ sat around the table with the disciples reclining is what it said. As they sat around the table, he said, I have eagerly waited to celebrate this Passover with you. Do we know what the Passover is? Do you know what that was? In the story, I don't know, maybe, maybe your closest connection would be the, um, the cartoon movie, the animated movie, Prince of Egypt. Um, maybe you know the story of Moses, um, God using Moses to bring the people out of Egypt. God had heard the cry of his people, their bondage and their slavery, and he was freeing them. He said, I'm going to bring them out to a place that is good. He said, Moses, you go. Well, through the hardening of the hearts and yada, 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 all the way down to a final plague that God said to the Israelites, he said, each of you, is to take a lamb that's perfect, sacrifice him, place the blood on the door, celebrate, finish all the food that is left there, and wait. Do not exit, do not do anything, wait. And that, that evening, the spirit of death passed over, and every firstborn of any living creature, cattle, humans, died. 
but anybody who is under the blood of that lamb was spared. And that instituted the Passover. That's when the Passover began. And they were commanded to celebrate the Passover after that, to remember what God had done for his people. And so when Jesus was sitting around that table in Luke 22, he's sitting around that table, he says, I have waited in anticipation to celebrate this Passover with you. Why is that so important? Because he was going to be the final lamb. He was going to be the final call, the final say. There was going to be no more needing of lambs after Christ. Right? It's good news. That's the hope of the gospel. In that, considering that when he told them to, um, to wait um, as the um, angel of death passed over, I got to thinking, sometimes the waiting is the hardest part, right? Sometimes the waiting for God to move is the hardest part. We can trust him. We know he's good. We know he's done really good stuff in the past. But in the current present situation, sometimes the waiting is the hard part. Waiting for change. Waiting to see people improve. Waiting for internal change because maybe you're struggling with something you just wish you could put to death. Right? Sometimes the waiting for God to move is some of the hardest part. But church, Renovation Church, where you find yourself is an opportunity. You are a community of hope. If you choose to be an individual of hope, rooted in the gospel for those around you, when you come together, guess what you become? A community of hope. If each of you decide, I'm going to be an individual of hope. I'm going to root myself in the gospel. I'm going to hold on fast to what Jesus has done individually. If we should decide to do that on an individual basis, every time you come here, do you know what people are going to experience when they come through the door? Hope. You know what people will experience your coworkers across in a cubicle across the way or across the way at a construction site? You know what they're going to experience if you choose to root yourself in the gospel? They're going to experience hope because they're going to come in contact with you. And if you're a person of hope, they're going to experience the hope. That's the beauty of the gospel. It goes into us to go out of us. So where you are is not by chance. It's not by circumstance. Place yourself in the gospel, because it has eternal rooting. going to pray for us. Um, let's have a short response time here. If you want to be a person of hope for your community, if you want to be a person rooted in the gospel, whether it's the first time you decided that today or the hundredth time, if you want to be rooted in the gospel, would you just share with your community here you want to be in the gospel?
Will you just share that you want to place your roots so deep? Just raise your hand. Just share with each other. You see, you guys are in a community that wants that, right? So when life is a little hard, and maybe it doesn't look like you thought it was, remember, so many of you said, we want to be rooted there. So look to each other and say, hey, remember the gospel. Remember the work of Christ. Remember that's where our roots go. It's not in our circumstances. Be that for each other. Challenge each other. Share that with each other. I'm going to pray over us. Father, thank you for the opportunity to share this morning. Thank you that you are our salvation. You are our hope. You hold the final judgment. And you are returning to set it all right one day. Holy Spirit, we love you. We ask that you would quicken our hearts. We ask that you would empower us to pursue you in the hard places of our life, in relationships, in work, in the places where it seems that you are not there. We ask for you to move. We ask for you to move in ways that we have yet to see. Father, we love you. And in the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.
The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In green pastures he makes me lie down. He restores my soul and leads me on for his name, for his great name. Surely goodness, surely mercy, right beside me all my days, and I will dwell in your house forever, and bless your trust you, Lord. Surely goodness, surely mercy, right beside me all my days, and I will dwell in your house forever. And Beside me, 
have a seat. Um, I'm Mike Beatty, and I'm, I'm on the uh, finance committee, and I told you you'd hear a little bit more about what we're uh, trying to do in these next few weeks. And I want to thank Jay also for uh, coming today. Uh, the already and not yet certainly applies right now because um, we've already started this campaign to raise some money to pay off our debt. Um, that's why I'm up here. But we have not yet met our goal. And so already but not yet certainly fits. But we did take up uh, some money last week and uh, uh, a sizable amount of money, but we are still, we still have a, a shortfall. So um, I want us to still expect a miracle because if we give this week and we give next week, we'll, uh, we'll be able to reach our goal. God, God, I just know that God is going to bless us to reach this goal so that we can be debt-free as we enter this new era with whoever this new pastor will be um, down the road. And uh, we will all get to be a part of that new beginning for everything. Um, I did want to... Uh, explain a couple of things that uh, I was told I didn't, maybe didn't do exactly the best job last week. We, we have two debts as it stands. One is about $10,300. And that debt was incurred to install the mechanical system in here and to install the sprinkler system that's required because of, um, uh, of code. Because... It, this used to just be a place where they worked on vehicles and construction vehicles and things such as that. Now, of course, it's assembly when we're in here, and so you have to have sprinkler system. So our owner paid for that and uh, sort of made it a loan for us. Then also, the two, the two restrooms that are over here, the men's and women's restrooms and the cafe was not here, and that was a separate... Um, was actually was all part of that original amount of money that we borrowed. Uh, it cost about 160000 and we split it, so we have eighty, and we have 10000 left on that. So we've made a, we've, we've uh, bought down that de debt over the years since we've been here, since 14. Um, we've been able to pay that down pretty well, but we're still uh, in debt to about $10,000 there. Also, 
uh, we're in, in debt for the amount of money it took to, for fixtures, furniture, and equipment. And that amount of money is about $20,000. I'm sorry, $24,000. And we are in, in the process of a campaign to try to determine how we're going to pay these things off. And of course, how we pay it off is we have to kind of reach deep, unfortunately. Uh, but we do enjoy sitting in the chairs. We do enjoy the light when it comes on and the air conditioning when it comes on. So um, I'm just asking for you to do the best you can and um, uh, to participate in this uh, program for this goal and uh, expect a miracle. And um, I'll read from Isaiah, which I did last week as well. Isaiah 52.3, we are not redeemed by money. Without worry, and without debt, we will be made new again. And uh, that's where we need to go, church. And um, God bless all of you. Have a great week. I'll turn it back over to, um, there he is. Of course. So do we know how, how much we already raised or not? Sorry about that. Um, thank you, Claudia. That's my wife. My, what, with, without whom, when they say you're put together, you know, it's hermetically sealed, that's what you get. So, um, We will have one more week. So next week we'll also, we're collecting today, we'll also have one more week. Please put on there debt relief at the four column down at the bottom, debt relief. And so we'll also be uh, contributing next week as well. And then the following week, which is July 7th, we'll announce uh, the uh, outcome. All right, folks. Well, I have two more of these left. I'll keep one. And who wants to take this last one? You do? It's good for your health. There you go. Good deal. Make sure you bring it back, though. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And with all the forevers and evers we say, Amen. Amen. Have a great Sunday.